the real challenge is to kind of say no to all the other 100%. possibilities and distractions. Chats and Gym People, your conversational health and fitness podcast. What's happening, everybody? Hope you're all well. We are back to you now with podcast number two of the week. So hope you enjoyed Saki and our life advice. And um, this week it's back to Bali and we're going to be talking MMA with a man from Wexford. We end up talking about anything from life in Bali to how he got into MMA to training styles, to all the different forms of combat that there is. Then tips for people looking to get into MMA and, and some of the health aspects to be cautious of when partaking in it. Last we also talk about sobriety and the impact that's had on his life. So that's all and on with the show. Welcome back everyone. We got a very, very impromptu podcast for you this week. I'm joined by a fellow Irish man and neighbor. He's a Wexford man. He's a martial artist, so that's why I really want to talk to him. And he is also a fellow podcaster. He has his own podcast called Bushido. And his name is John Quigley. John, welcome to the show. Owen, how's it going? Who would have thought that Wexford and Waterford Man would be doing a podcast together here in Bali? Yeah, exactly. I never actually told you before, but there's one girl I know, She's her family are like heavily involved in Wexford Strawberries. So oh, shout yeah. out Elaine and for the Wexford <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So how are you doing? Yeah, going good. Been back in Bali now a month and really enjoying it. I always find it a really good place to get into like a good routine with work and training. And it's also like super bright here and lots of like cool, cool uh, people, yeah. good vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I found like out of all the places I lived, it's such an easy place to live with, to live in. And then the weather and stuff is so, so good. Yeah. Were, were you home for Christmas? I was, yeah, I was living in Barcelona for the last four or five months before Bali, and then I went back home for three weeks over Christmas. I do like going back and seeing family yeah. and friends, but like for many months, the, the cold and darkness would obviously have an impact. I found even at Christmas, yeah, you could see that effect. It's just you have so much more energy here or something. I mean, I think the, the brightness of the daylight as well, anytime I come back here, that is one thing that always kind of, I'm like, wow, this is, this is really good. It's, it's almost like you're, everything you're looking at is in HD and I feel like your energy is a bit higher because you're getting this really like strong sunlight a lot of the time. And obviously people are like living a healthy lifestyle out here as well. Yeah, because for the sun as well, it's like so good for your circadian rhythm and all that. So well, I think when you're getting that strong daylight, it's really telling your body to stay awake. Yeah, that's a, That's another thing as well, is here the sun all year round pretty much rises and sets roughly the same time, give or take 30 minutes. Yeah. Whereas when you're in Europe, it starts to vary throughout the year because you're yeah. geographically like away from the equator. The equator yeah. yeah. I remember my first year in Bali actually was 2019 and I was pretty much out here almost the whole year. and. Every morning I was waking up around 6.37 and it really bright within 30 minutes of the sun coming up. And then like when the sun had fall, you're, you just get this kind of wave of tiredness a few, a few hours after. So you get into this nice rhythm. And I remember going back for winter and it was just dark for like so much of the day and, and my energy uh, noticeably dropped as a result. Yeah. Yeah, that, that drop in energy after sunlight is actually something I notice so much here. And I'm like, man, it's only like half seven and I'm like feeling tired. But then I think the benefits of that is your sleep 
schedule just gets so good. Yeah. And like you can stay, it's so much easier to stay consistent with it. You're kind of not get caught up like staying up late watching telly and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of up earlier, you're getting good sunlight all day. So then your body knows like, right, when it's, it's nighttime, it's time to sleep. Yeah, I think regardless of where you are, your body is like striving to get into a routine and going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time is like something which is going to be super beneficial for your hormones and your energy right and it's just that bit easier to do that when the sun is rising and going down at the same time every consistently day. yeah yeah and yeah. obviously as well a lot of people here they kind of have a social life where they go to bed early everybody goes to dinner and then like they go to bed a few hours after dinner even sometimes people go out partying and they'll, they'll be back in bed before like 11 whereas back home people kind of save up their energy for the weekend and then they have a wild one drinking and going out till 1 or 2 a.m. and then that has a knock-on effect throughout the week you're you're almost working to get back into your cycle to catch up with it yeah that is one thing I actually want to try to do this year is get a much more consistent sleep schedule because I remember listening to one of the podcasts just on all the benefits of that it's like she was like the founder or she's the lead scientist in like whoop and she's saying like out of all the studies she's seen on whoop just having a consistent bedtime the benefits that can have in your body like she said she hasn't been sick in like seven years your body just it knows as you said hormones and stuff and to release it and naturally regulate it. yeah so yeah i know that's something i want to do She's doing so I think major major flex hasn't been sick in seven years <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah that's one of the main reasons i came back out here as well the last couple of years my routine has been a bit all over the place and i've been like having a great time enjoying my social life and a bit more like of an unpredictable routine but I definitely noticed that my like work, training, productivity, and general energy suffered as a result. So you're a digital nomad, yeah? Is that what brought you kind of, do you fit that bill? Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of people don't really like that term. I think it's, I think it's no? a pretty good term, to be honest. Um, I, yeah, I left Ireland in 2018 and headed to Lisbon initially. And then I came out here in 2019 really really like the vibe here so since since leaving Ireland I've actually spent the majority of time here but the last few years I've been traveling around quite a lot hit up South America Japan and um, some spots in Europe Unreal, as well yeah. yeah sick sick and so let's talk martial arts then let's talk martial arts yeah so do you want to describe when you say martial arts what are you talking about that's a, yeah that's an interesting question it's not just a sport it's not just combat, it's like an art that encompasses more. There's a lot of like possibilities. There's something almost for everybody in it. Whether you're an absolute beast that's like 17, 18 year, years old and you're a prospect to be a future world champion, or whether you're somebody who's 70 that's just looking for a way to stay mobile, exert energy, and get into good habits and feel good. I feel like martial arts caters to both those extremes and everything in between. And when you say martial arts, does that cover all combat sports? Because I so, feel when I think of martial arts, I know the one that jumps to head is just karate for some reason. Yeah. That's what I'd associate with martial arts. So before like mixed martial arts came to prominence, when the, when the UFC made it popular, there would be lots of separate martial arts. There would be the martial art of Taekwondo, which I did when I was a kid. There'd be the martial art of Karate, have originated in Japan. 
there would be the martial art of judo and there was very little little crossover between them and if somebody trained in one there'd be often like before there was mixed martial arts there was often a culture of like okay you choose one and then you kind of live under the illusion that the one you cho- chose is the best yeah and let's say somebody like bruce lee who was experimenting in lots of different ones and kind of breaking boundaries in the way he thought about things that, that kind of behavior would be frowned upon and yeah i even remember in my early experiences doing taekwondo the instructors would actually have talked down about other martial arts and yeah. stuff like that it's kind of a thing it was of just like, in the culture it was it was in the, day, in, yeah. the, in the in the culture and I, th- I believe it's still in a lot of cultures if you go through like just your normal it, like it depends, it depends if you're on, sports specific gyms it depends on who, who's leading the, okay. the culture they're, yeah. they're yeah. leading yeah so yeah. MMA did, did a lot of good for the scene of martial arts. We're yeah. entering in like a golden phase now of martial arts where technique and innovation are just like rampant. Like improvement is, is happening at such a ridiculous pace because mixed martial arts kind of essentially everybody could realize what was effective and what was not effective. So before that, all the martial arts were kind of training in these little like siloed and vacuums and they were all kind of had their own delusion that like I'm the badass I'm training the yeah, badass martial yeah. art and then when mixed martial arts came out it was like okay put your put your money where your mouth is let's have a fight it's not no holds barred but it's pretty much no holds barred like you're, you're, you're pretty free to do anything apart from like fucking dirty tactics and then let's see okay is like is taekwondo the best okay you know no grappling how's that gonna go for you because i do remember those first videos of like the ufc and it was pure like that wasn't it it was like a taekwondo guy or karate guy going against some sumo wrestler or like some big, yeah big well dude. i mean the, the first ones were like a product of the times they were they were so badass because they were literally that they were like okay let's pit them against each other see see who's the most badass yeah and turned out at the time brazilian jiu-jitsu was the most badass but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was the most badass because nobody else knew it. And then everybody realized, fuck, I need to know this. Once everybody got their defensive Jiu-Jitsu to a certain level, once again, then kind of striking became important. And it kind of you goes level in a cycle up, yeah. like that. Yeah. So when you mention innovation there, do you mean fighter innovation or just innovation in the actual field and what the like UFC is doing? I mean innovation in regards to fires. The actual in terms combat of, and stuff. Yeah, the actual yeah. combat in itself. Essentially, the technique and the skills and the athleticism are just like improving at such a rapid pace because more and more people want to get into the UFC, yeah. you want to yeah. have careers as an MMA fighter. So it's just like all, these, all this attention, all these resources going into just mixed martial arts. It's also a product of the structure of MMA. MMA is like five, uh, it's five minute rounds, three rounds, one minute rest. Every round starts standing up. So if you are like a grappler, a focused grappler, and you take someone down, and you essentially hold them down on their back, pinning them, and the round ends, well, both, both people are gonna stand back up, right? Yeah. At the start of the next round. So that does kind of 
prioritize the striking a bit more. So where the innovation is going is maybe a bit more towards the striking, but at the same time, jiu-jitsu is kind of in its own right becoming re really professionalized and there's people just focusing on jiu-jitsu. So there's a lot of kind of, that's becoming a, a big sport in itself. So there's a huge amount of innovation going on there as well, but that's almost separating from um, Okay, MMA. so they're not doing MMA, they're strictly, strictly jiu-jitsu. Well, MMA, yeah, MMA people definitely need to know They have a high set, yeah, yeah. But there's some people that just purely do jiu-jitsu. And if you just purely do jiu-jitsu, the dynamics will completely change. That's that's why I'm saying it's a product of the, the sports and the rules. Yeah. Set. If you do, if an MMA person rolls with someone that, that only does jiu-jitsu under a jiu-jitsu rule set, the jiu-jitsu guy will, in many cases, have a big advantage. advantage yeah. How, in jiu-jitsu, what do they start each round? Are they on their feet again and try to no, take them down, or how does it? So, in jiu-jitsu, you start standing up as well, but the athletes can pull guard, which is essentially where you kind of sit down and play the lower game and then try to attack someone from the bottom. Whereas, oh, okay. if you were in an MMA, like, that would be a terrible idea. To do so, a lot of people essentially in jujitsu, they're getting very proficient at playing the bottom game, whereas okay. the bottom game, bottom game is less prevalent and it actually can be very dangerous in an MMA scenario. How come is that because of points? Because striking. So oh, they're landing down on top of you. Because yeah. striking, also the um, the the movement like associated. Like when you're when you're doing jujitsu, you don't have to worry about strikes, right? So you can like try and you can use your arms and your legs strictly for like grabbing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if someone's in the upper position and strikes are allowed, like it's going to be very hard to yeah. manage that. Yeah, geez, yeah. Actually, when you put it like that, it is way way different. Yeah. Yeah, like dynamics of everything in jujitsu change when strikes are involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. And so, do you want to talk through? So you're martial arts experience you started off with judo i so i started off with taekwondo, taekwondo yeah. as a teenager how did um, you get into that i guess my mother initially enrolled me when i was like super young with some friends and then i think my friends thought it was stupid and i was like yeah i think this is stupid as well so i dropped out for a few years and then i think a few years after that i came back because i was kind of interested in learning did you sorry did you play other sports as I wasn't kid, you? really that much of a sporty kid when I was kind of a primary school age. Okay. But I kind of, as I went more towards secondary school, got more into the sports side of things. And the, I guess I started playing more, more sports and exploring more that side of myself. But I'd say as like a young kid, I was very introvert. I was very much kind of doing my own things like didn't have yeah. much friends like bit of a bookworm and yeah probably a bit strange to be honest not the probably not the most social young kid but then as a teenager started kind of exploring more of the sporty element of myself but I remember being very unathletic as a as a young kid but that also could be because I wasn't really playing much sports yeah sure like you learn so much of them skills at a young age while you're growing up yeah so if you're not involved in them 
you're missing out like you know as a kid you learn so much quicker mm. so you're going to miss out on a lot of that coordination and stuff yeah so i feel like yeah. i definitely i would have missed out on a lot of that if it wasn't for i i did start doing the taekwondo again i think at 10 yeah so that probably did give me help me go bit and having some fundamentals having some coordination because there's like a that. lot going on with taekwondo as well definitely yeah 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 and then I kind of did that all through my like teenage years. I got to black belt in that, and I've I've chatted to a few people that have also done like were in my academy doing that. And I mean, I have mixed feelings about about that experience. Okay. It's kind of um, I do I do feel like I got a lot from it, the coordination and the um. And just like having a nice kind of base in terms of like strength and like striking and stuff like that. Do you want to just give a basic rundown of what Taekwondo is? So Taekwondo is essentially a South Korean martial art. Um, that's kind of similar to kickboxing. You yeah. focus a lot on like dynamic kicks, uh, roundhouse kicks, push kicks, back turning kicks. And then like your basic strikes okay. as well. And also involves a lot of traditional patterns, which are kind of like formal structures and movements. But it's essentially, it's similar to kickboxing. If, if you were to do a like full contact fight in Taekwondo, it would be like a kick, kind of a kickboxing, kickboxing fight, fight, essentially. But yeah, it would be... What like, are the so key differences? Between kickboxing, kickboxing and Taekwondo. And Taekwondo yeah, well, Taekwondo would have... So if, you, if you're entering into a full contact fight in Taekwondo, um, it will essentially be a kickboxing fight where like you have a few minutes and then you just you just kind of fight whereas but a lot of the emphasis in taekwondo is more kind of like on points fight and then like maintaining distance oh, okay and doing, like, yeah 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 strong uh closing the distance quick with a kick or something like that yeah yeah but yeah. yeah as i said i have mixed feelings like i feel like i got a lot from it but I also feel i would have been better suited to maybe like a boxing gym or a more kind of combative environment i felt like i didn't get a whole lot like a lot of people get a lot from the traditional aspect of it but i didn't really feel like i i got a lot from it and this whole thing that we talked about previously of kind of our martial art is the one and the other one isn't like i didn't really vibe with that kind of thing i did like at the time as a kid i i I bought into it and i believed it but it was only later when i started doing things like boxing and mma that I thought back on that experience and I was like, wow, they, they really like think about this wrong, you know? I don't think that their way of doing it is very stress tested in, in real like combative environments. And I feel like it's a lot of like, you're trying to keep your, your students just here, don't have them like experimenting. Yeah, I, they're I'm kind not, of restricting. Yeah, we yeah. can move on. Yeah, so yeah. you did Taekwondo and then yeah, where did, did you go? Yeah, I did Taekwondo until about 17 and then there was there's this professional MMA fighter from Wexford, Brian Moore. He's a, actually I did a podcast with him recently. He's really positive, um, inspirational guy. He fights in in Bellator, and is he still fighting? He's still fighting, yeah. Nice. And at se- at seventeen, he I think he would have been maybe twenty five at the time, twenty four, twenty five. He started doing these classes in Wexford Town, and I went in and did one of his classes, it was on a Saturday morning. So I used to do Taekwondo during the week and then I did this class with him on a Saturday morning. And I remember just like, 
doing two or three of these classes with him on a Saturday morning and just kind of, he, he gave me some attention and he, he talked to me about some certain things in regards to MMA fighting and I, I remember just thinking, this like this is what, this is what I'm looking for. This is what it's about. Like, yeah, yeah, like this, this is the, this is the thing. It's about like, this is the thing I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, like I'm not saying that the other thing doesn't provide value to people, but for me, this was it. It was like about, I could see like Brian was truly exploring martial arts and he was, he was teaching me techniques and they were immediately being stress tested in like in environments where I was where I was finding out if these techniques worked or not and within day within a few sessions I'd learned more about yeah like the actual application of martial arts than I had in years in in doing taekwondo but doing taekwondo gave me a good foundation like I went yeah. in there with good footwork I went in there with good coordination I was able to throw good kicks move well so it did yeah. give me a lot um but yeah i remember going in there and being like wow this is okay this is something i like here there's a new ceiling like the, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly it. and i was also i guess i was i was kind of bought into the reality of like this one martial art kind of thing whereas then when i started experiencing this whole new world of grappling and stuff it like this whole new world opened up to me um, so that was like a very kind of early experience for me in martial arts but then I, I did actually fall by the wayside a bit when I went to college and didn't really I had these ambitions of like really going going for it and I did do some boxing in college and I competed a bit in boxing but I didn't give it my all I, I kind of got caught up in college life and was doing a lot of studying and stuff like that but what I did get from my college years was that was I did some boxing I did some competing and then I guess a few years ago, while I was in Bali, um, I rediscovered my love for martial arts when I started training in Bali MMA. And that was the first time that I started consistently doing jujitsu. And then recently, um, maybe six months ago, I started integrating back in more striking, so doing more MMA. And yeah, it's been an interesting journey now, like integrating it all together again. Yeah, because I always feel with fighting, it's one thing, it's a sport you just can't cheat. Like you can't take shortcuts. So, you know, when you're in college and if you're thinking about truly going for it or not, it's like you get exposed if you're not all in. I feel there's no 50-50 with it because whoever you're going to be facing, they're obviously going to be all in. Yeah. It's kind of, it's one of those sports where like you just can't cheat it. Like yeah. you pay for it very badly if you do. Definitely. I guess for me when I was like, I grew up in the countryside and while I was doing Taekwondo, I, I did think a lot about like, oh, I'd love to, I think I would have thrived in that kind of competitive, combative environment. And then going to college was my first chance to actually be in that on a consistent basis, right? Because I had easy access to it. I wasn't just in the middle of the countryside anymore. But then the real challenge is not to, the real challenge is to kind of say no to all the other 100%. possibilities and distractions yeah, and yeah. really do that stuff. Because doing the stuff is hard, but the real hard thing is that like, okay, I'm gonna keep going and I'm, I have all this other opportunity to do all this bullshit. And when I'm looking back on it now, like I gave up drinking alcohol at 21 years old, but those first few years in college, I, I drank regularly. And I, I don't, didn't really get anything from that, you know? You, you trade, your um you trade 
what you kind of want to do for like bullshit essentially yeah, right yeah. um are you still off the booze so i well i gave up when i was 21 and i didn't drink for i think seven years and then i was going to cuba and i was like i'll do a little experiment here and it was like a premeditated experiment i was like i'll drink some rum and see how it goes so i did that i drank a couple of times in cuba and then i think i drank once other one other time that year and then i drank on new year's eve and that's it so i've I drank maybe four occasions since while, yeah no that's good though yeah that's really yeah because this year i'm trying to i'm thinking about doing a thing just a whole year not drinking mm, so like, you're you're so far no no drink this year so far yeah one month in yeah 12 I mean, to go yeah that was one of the the best things i ever did and it kind of links back to my college experience as yeah. well i feel like me drinking was just like it was almost like a lack of self-esteem i was doing it to try and fit in i was doing it because that's what i thought i needed to do to socially yeah like, 100 it's kind of especially in ireland it's thought that's what you do to socialize yeah you just go to the pub especially in college you just go nights out obviously there's alcohol involved in all of them and then you just get caught up in that circle going around yeah but it, it's one of the reasons i want to try to stay off it is also on that point is like the trade-off if you decide to go drinking obviously it's well and good it's a good time except then two or three days later you're still paying for it you're not half as productive mm. and then you're kind of back to normal and then generally you next weekend and you do it all over again Whereas like if you're not doing that and then on a Sunday morning you're actually able to get up and do something productive, I know you can just progress so much more in that regard mm. rather than just getting caught up in partying and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's all down to you and what you want at the time. Yeah. So it's like you can't force it either. Like I think you still need to do it as well to make the mistakes, to learn from it. I mean, for me, giving up drink was one of the best decisions I ever made. Within six to nine months of giving up there was clear kind of differences in my life I like I felt more focused things were just like falling into yeah. place better for me and for a few years after giving up drinking I wouldn't have been very like fun on a night out but the last like the last three to five years I like I love going out it's like loads of fun for me like I don't drink but I have a great time going out but it's also a product of me just being like in a good space like mentally but that's that's amazing like to be able to do that is so so cool like and it's so much freedom but i feel to get to that stage you obviously have to learn so much about yourself you've kind of got to go through the dark times the bad times to see what's really going on with you yeah and then just come out the other side of it so giving up drinking ireland is like if you if you're making a big decision, right, and you're giving up drink and you have some doubt involved and you go out and then people are like, hey, are you not drinking? Yeah. And they, if they sense any uncertainty or doubt in your answer, that's like blood in the water to them. They will like capitalize on that and they'll essentially force you to drink. Whereas like, I guess after a few years for me, I was so confident in me not drinking. Like there was kind of a confidence in my answer and also i wasn't being like if you're making that big decision to give up drinking you might be a bit serious going out or something because you're like oh, you're, you're a lot stiffer i'd imagine yeah, yeah like a bit yeah, stiff yeah, or something yeah. whereas when i go out now i'm like i'm very loose very relaxed i'm not really being yeah. very serious with people so i feel like i'm bringing a lot to the vibe so people don't really question me 
not drinking that much. Yeah, and I feel once you've answered that question, probably now once people like Parker is like, oh, good for you, you don't drink, and then just move on. Yeah, exactly. It's, it depends a lot on how you answer the question. If you answer the question in a good way, people will, a lot of people will be like, oh, fair play to you, I'd, I'd, like, I'd love to do that. Whereas if you answer the question kind of sometimes in a semi-confident um, way and you're not really sure of yourself, like the people that are kind of socially insecure in the group will actually probably be the ones to jump on you because they're trying to get everybody on the vibe of drinking. They're trying to kind of connect everybody because then they feel stronger than yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Interesting year ahead for me. <laughs> a lot of learning, so I'll have to be confident when I'm saying I'm not, yeah. But then obviously, how did that translate then to your sport and performance? You must have noticed some serious, like, because your sleep obviously improves so much better so than your cardio. When, yeah, when I initially gave up drinking, I was kind of, I had boxed for, I think, a couple of years in college, and I was kind of starting to focus a bit more i was doing actually sports science in college funny enough and i wasn't really enjoying it that much where did you go uh dcu dublin yeah yeah and i was kind of like wow i really need to soar out like the next few years of my life and kind of set myself up for when i leave college so i instead of putting this energy into training i started kind of focus more on the business aspect of things i started kind of transitioning away from sports science into like more like finance and so essentially I was kind of doing my college course in sports science but also learning like finance at the same time just self-taught kind of finance and stuff. self-taught but also I did a night course in Dublin Business School in my final year so I did like oh, nice. kind of yeah, yeah DCU during the day and then Dublin Business School at night so I was kind of going really ham at, at that but it worked I, I ended up getting like finance jobs straight out of college and I was kind of more training at the gym at that kind of time I would have done a bit of boxing on the bag myself but I wasn't really actively going to like competitive and um, martial arts gyms or anything um, over those years but yeah then a few years later I ended up picking it picking it back up and um, I, I don't really ha know, I could only imagine that like it would be, for me in terms of work and in terms of like sorting my life out, giving up alcohol was one of the best things I ever did. So yeah. I'd imagine if you're someone who's, who, whose primary focus is like sport and performance, then it's only gonna bring you onto new oh, levels there. It must be some performance enhancer like, yeah. if you can literally stay free from me, yeah. And so now you said your main style of training, it's in Bali MMA. So just for people at home, Bali MMA, it's like the biggest MMA gym in Bali, essentially. It's like a huge compound. It's, yeah, it's a full-scale MMA facility here in Bali. They have grappling pretty much two, or two to four times every day. Um, they have like kickboxing, Muay Thai, MMA classes mobility strength and conditioning uh, yeah they have they have all the stuff so here in bali is a kind of a pretty good martial arts scene for a long time thailand was really the mecca of yeah. mixed martial arts and muay thai but bali is like bali may has really kind of changed the scene out here and also soma has opened in recent years so oh, okay. one of the coaches left bali may and set up soma gym 
and they're building a, a really competitive fight team there as well and they're pretty much a full-scale MMA facility also. So when you say fight team, what do you mean? Uh, coaches and stuff? When or, I say fight team, I mean the actual fighters. So people like... So people do someone people. might even have people on the UFC roster. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does Bally MMA? So Bally MMA would have good fighters also, but a lot of their fight team would be uh, locals, local okay. Indonesians, and they a lot of them would be fighting in either one Indonesia or one championship. Okay. Gee, yeah. still big though, yeah. yeah. Definitely big, yeah. yeah. Very good, very good scene in Bally MMA also. And so you say you're mainly doing grappling and now you're moving so to Tron? Yeah, I when I started training in like striking was something I've always like really enjoyed doing and it would have been what I knew best even though I was aware of the grappling from my early experience training with Brian Moore. But um but then yeah, a few years ago when I joined Bally MMA I was like, Wow, I should really learn this jujitsu side of things because I'd always not really acknowledge the grappling side of things that much but I knew it was important yeah and I guess my experience with grappling before that was like grappling is not very enjoyable initially because it's just like you don't know anything and you're just getting mauled by sweaty men yeah like you're just getting you're getting aggressively yeah. mauled and when you when you're a beginner it's it's like not nice um, but then I was kind of thinking right this is like this is very tough and I don't really like this but it's something tough, so I'm actually going to stick with it and see, see where this goes. You'll get somewhere, yeah, 100%. So I did that for, I pretty much focused primarily on grappling the last few years. And then back in July, I was out in Bangtao, and I'd been planning on jumping in to do some MMA for quite a while before that. Finally got around to doing some MMA sparring, and I got absolutely destroyed. And I realized, wait, I need to start kind of integrating like the striking with the grappling and like I was kind of out of practice of like integrating them all together yeah there's so much must be so much going on yeah like you're looking from all angles like yeah could be taken down could be kicked could be punched yeah well if you're if you're just focused on striking or you're just focused on jiu-jitsu and you go up against someone who's regularly doing MMA where they're tying it all together it's going to be tricky right because their brain and their movements are, it's like a product of the sporting environment, right? Yeah, they know yeah. how to integrate everything together. They know what works. Whereas if you go in and like at that time, I was kind of a bit out of practice with my striking, even though I would be like confident enough in my in my boxing. I I guess I was kind of relying a bit on my jujitsu when the boxing wasn't working out, and jujitsu isn't has a has a lot of blind spots and vulnerabilities when it comes to MMA. Because if you're just like playing a lot of bottom game, then once strikes are integrated, it's 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 tough going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And have you any aspirations to try fight? Or are you just happy out training uh, at the moment? D- no, definitely. I'd be open to taking a taking a fight. I would. I guess as a first step, I really need to get into regular MMA sparring yeah. to see where I'm at. And yeah, my plan is start doing that out here, out here in Bali. And how are you then with regards, like, obviously it's an incredibly physical sport and you're going to take damage during those sessions. How are you then with, like, the injuries, getting hit in the head, that side of things? Do you worry about yeah, it? Or are you all... 
that's something that's become more and more of like a prevalent discussion point in like recent years and I hear a lot of people talking about it like professional fighters included and I guess that definitely plays on my mind a bit when I was younger like 17 18 19 doing, doing those boxing rounds I remember I was always the guy I even did a bit of boxing I think in, in Lisbon in, when I was 23 or 24 and I remember I was always the guy that would be happy to take damage and okay. that was my, my style because I'm I'm like quite like short so for people the same weight as me sometimes they have some range on me so yeah, I yeah. would like my style would be like moving forward sometimes taking damage on the way in and then just get through to, the like the reach yeah yeah and then sometimes when I didn't do that my performance wouldn't be so good so I'd need to I'd need to do that but yeah then in the recent years I've heard so much more about this thing of like your the brain damage and stuff like that so I guess that that definitely plays on your mind and it's something to be mindful of but yeah I think it's at the end of the day it's something you just need to get in and do it and be be mindful of it right it's like if if you're gonna go swimming you're gonna get wet right if you're gonna do competitive martial arts then you're gonna get hit and you probably you just need to manage and be mindful after the fact if something happens then be like okay maybe I need to take the time to recover or like if you're getting a headache don't just like go sparring straight away after but it's not something that is should stop you from doing it if you have an inkling to do it I think well so what would you think or like what advice would you give to people looking to get into MMA or jiu-jitsu or just martial arts in general who are kind of having hesitations about certain things but I know they have that inclination yeah well I mean it's a great time to get into it because there's more and more high quality like the knowledge of MMA and Jiu-Jitsu has proliferated widely now and there's more and more high quality grappling gyms and MMA gyms uh, popping up all over the world so if anyone's listening Wexford and Waterford Waterford has Ganbaru which is a high quality jiu-jitsu academy there and in the same facility and like also linked is Team Rhino, an MMA team so they'd be oh, okay. a great show for anyone in Waterford and then Wexford has Silverback Jiu-Jitsu I just went in and did some roles in there when I was back over Christmas and noticed a huge jump in the standard from the last time I was back before that Yeah. so the yeah. quality is coming on leaps and bounds and then yeah people are listening in other parts of the world I guess the main the, the, the first step is just do it right just find the academy head in and go from there you're also going to have a lot of information online so if you're learning some techniques in your classes then you can also supplement that with like research and study online yeah yeah because in regards to jiu-jitsu you don't really take as much physical damage, do you? It's strenuous and stuff, but you're not obviously going to be taking head strikes. Yeah, that's a that's a nice part of jujitsu, and it's a good option for people that want to do a martial art that don't want to be worried about the strikes, because you'll you'll get a lot of martial arts benefits from it. You'll get kind of comfortable with the 
uncomfortable environment if you can put it that way yeah. to a certain extent yeah um because it's 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 raw and rugged and it is two people fighting each other so you will get some experience in in that environment which is good you'll also learn like effective techniques which are good but yeah i guess at the same time you shouldn't get this disillusion that like jiu jitsu is like is the one and only which some people like think it is right yeah. like once strikes are integrated the game definitely changes yeah it shifts big but jiu jitsu is absolutely great i love jiu jitsu i would recommend absolutely everybody do it yeah yeah, yeah. it's something i definitely want to try because i think it's one you don't have to be as you grow older it's still one you can always kind of learn because it mightn't be as taxing on the body mm. uh, yeah definitely well at the same time jiu-jitsu can fuck you up as well like in regards just if someone goes too hard with an armbar or something oh i mean jiu-jitsu is tough man on the joints like yeah you're people getting you in chokes like squeezing your head squeezing your neck it's like it's people have lots of aches and pains okay it, it, but it's like I said earlier on, like martial arts has something for everyone, right? So it depends. You just need to be mindful of, of where you take it and how you train. Like, yeah, yeah. And with regards to training, so do you do any gym work? Or I do. Is all your yeah. training? I supplement my training with some gym work as well. I don't really lift weights a huge amount because... I have like so bad shoulder mobility and if I do upper body like lifting weights I feel like you do that to look good anyway and I feel like my upper body is in like quite a decent yeah a decent shape yeah and when I lift weights with my upper body I don't feel like I'm getting huge strength gains but I feel like my muscles are getting really tight you're restricting your like mobility and stuff exactly yeah um but I do sometimes do like deadlifts, heavy deadlifts and squat sessions, which I feel helps me. And one thing I've really been enjoying doing is 400 meter sprints. I yeah. do six 400 meter sprints. I try to do them once a week and I find that really improves the tank. Just get that conditioning up. Yeah, it's absolutely heavy. disgusting. Yeah. yeah, It's horrible, but- Yeah, that's a lot. It's, it's nice. It's like, you, cause you, uh, the first the first one's okay but then you have to recover in a minute and coming on to like two three four five you're like one minute recovery to one just one minute recovery Jeez, it kind of simulates up. a fight a bit you're going all out yeah then yeah. you like minute rest but yeah i've no sense of doing them that my i feel like very my tank very good in the jiu-jitsu rounds and stuff like that what yeah what part of mma would you find like fatigues you the most or is the most like strenuous would it be jiu-jitsu no, um, MMA and wrestling is like super fatiguing. Um, so, little story, when I like started doing jiu-jitsu, I was under the illusion that I was like a really good wrestler in like the first year, because anytime I'd get someone in a single leg, I'd just like take them down very easily. And then when I was in Colombia, I went to this MMA facility and I started doing a pure wrestling class. And the level, like the level, the standard was really high there. They had like really, really fucking good wrestlers in there. Um, and I was doing the technique in my first class and I was thinking, right, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun sparring, I can't wait to get sparring. And literally when I started sparring I almost couldn't take anybody down. And like I was just almost getting taken down at will. Yeah. And I just realized there that like, wow, it's like the dynamics completely change as well when you try and grapple somebody who doesn't want to go down. Because in jujitsu 
so many people are happy to play the bottom game that if you try to take them down, they, they will sit down, essentially. So you're not really taking them down. There's no resistance kind of from them, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas if you try to take someone down and it doesn't want to go down, that like exerts a lot of energy. And then if you're also integrating strikes into that situation, the amount of energy your brain is burning to manage all of that is a lot. But at the same time, it's kind of like progressive overload for your, for your brain and your body. So you need to train your brain and body to be able to handle that. And then yeah. the other stuff's gonna be easier. Yeah, yeah. There is so much like, cause I could only imagine what the technical side of being an MMA fighter is. Like there's so many different ways when you're making fight plans that think could go. Mm. And then if you've planned something and it doesn't go that way, being able to adapt to it so like yeah it must just be so exerting mentally and then physically to actually deal with what's being thrown at you because like when you get tired in there you're like the clock doesn't change you know mm. it doesn't it doesn't stop for you yeah yeah um yeah the, the possibilities are endless martial arts has like unlimited possibilities but then when it's how martial arts is expressed in a sport is like the major promotion is UFC, which as we said is like three rounds of five minutes, right? So people come up with like, their, they, they'll have their strengths and they'll have like an A game that they focus on for a fight and they may like adjust their A game for like a specific fighter or something like that. Yeah. Um, or come up with like kind of a, a game plan. Yeah. Whereas that that's not necessarily like let's say martial arts just like pure and unrestricted it might be like you're trying to train yourself to manage like anything and any time kind of way whereas the, these uh, like the actual competition of mixed martial arts in UFC which translates to martial arts ability in general obviously because these are like the baddest people on the planet yeah um, is like you're trying to get a hyper effective game plan for three rounds of five minutes yeah yeah, it's wild. You mentioned you did a few boxing fights. Yeah. Were they your only fights you said? Um, yeah, I did, I did, I think, maybe nine or ten boxing fights when I was in college. I did one boxing fight when I was in Lisbon. And then, yeah, I guess the other fights would be just like more like kind of little backyard okay. organizations and stuff like that. Yeah. But then stepping into a ring and making that walk must obviously be one of the most daunted things you can do as a fighter. What would have been your like mindset or had you techniques to like help you with the pressure and stuff like that? What you were you like going in? Were nerves a factor? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, it's pretty pretty nerve wracking thing to do, but it's a pretty good experience. I mean, it's I was like probably what was going through my head is like why the fuck am I doing this? But yeah. the whole exercise of doing it, right? You kind of have a vision of like who you could be and what you could be and you're trying to like tell your body and your mind like who's boss. You're trying to kind of... You're quieting the doubts in you. You're trying to exert control over yeah. your environment and the doubts, exactly. So yeah, the whole the whole process is like, it's it's an interesting one. Like it's if you're not regularly fighting, it's gonna be like very nerve-wracking because you're essentially you're gonna agree like for most people like, I can't speak for everyone yeah everybody's probably gonna experience different things but 
almost everybody's going to have some sort of response that can be described as nerves, right? So you like agree to a fight and then you have a date in the future and you're training for this fight, but that's going to be on your mind a lot, right? You're going to be eating, you're going to be sleeping, you're going to be thinking, fuck them. I'm going to warn you like soon. And I'd say that if you're thinking I'm sure too much about it, you're wasting so much mental energy. Mm. So you can nearly in ways be burning yourself out on the run up. I think, yeah, like I think the experiences people have are probably very broad. I often think of somebody like Conor McGregor and the confidence he has and how he says the confidence comes from him doing his, his, his work and his hard work. And I can also like resonate with that. When you're, when you're going to do something challenging, but you're prepared, there's yeah. a certain like good feeling for it. You obviously feel like some nerves and that's your body and your mind ramp, ramping up to do the thing. Yeah. But it feels good. You're, you're, you're going out into the uncertain, right? Yeah. So it is daunting, but it's kind of like, it, it is an exercise to try and gain control over that. Yeah. So like the hard work nearly is what really quietens the doubts. Because like uh, if, if you've probably doubts and you haven't worked as hard, the part of you that knows you haven't worked as hard is going to feed them doubts more. And then it'll probably spiral in ways. Yeah, definitely. Well, like if control, you're yeah. if you're not doing what you're meant to be doing and you have some doubts, then the doubts are going to feed on that. Whereas if you're doing what you're meant to be doing and you have confidence, then the confidence is gonna feed on that. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably like, like it's whatever is happening is happening for a reason. It's like that stimulus response is preparing you to go to battle. If you didn't feel that, you might not be doing what you need to, like you, if you're feeling totally confident, then it either means you're kind of a bit delusional and you're not preparing the way you should be or you're, you're just so much better than the person or something like that or you're just so well prepared yeah but yeah i think whatever response you're getting is like there, there's a reason for it and how much of it would you say like how much in martial arts mma does that like mental side play uh, i mean people say the mental side plays a lot, right? If you tie back to Conor McGregor, he, he'd say 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Like, I mean, I feel like the body and the mind are linked in in a lot of ways. And I feel like the mental is probably, is probably the majority of, like, not only in sports, but in, like, other aspects of your life as well. The mental is, like, hugely important part. But you need to do things with your body that will affect how you think as well. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's it's a complex thing that can't really be simplified into like yeah, automatically this white. percentage. Yeah. But like both the mental and the body are important, and I feel like it's a cyclical impact, right? So if you get your mental into a place where you do an exercise or do the thing, and then you feel good after doing the exercise or doing the thing, that feeds back into your mind. Your mind preps itself for that next like dopamine release and then you you do the next thing you take the next challenge and you just it'll grow and build on itself yeah and it it obviously compounds so much as well the more you do it and get used to that and then it can go in the opposite direction as well and then like if you are going in the opposite direction you need to get your mental in in check to to pull it back and how do you do that and that's a whole other like field of like 
discussion as well so it's like it's a complex thing but yeah yeah it's obviously an interesting one it is oh it's fascinating especially yeah there's so much like the mind it's a powerful powerful thing but then we'll kind of might finish on this what are like some of the biggest benefits and like both mainly outside of sport but what have you gained from taking up martial arts and like getting into this world yeah I mean me personally I just find it like super interesting in terms of the amount of different ways you can move and express yourself I find that stuff super interesting on its own but then when it comes to martial arts you're kind of taking that and you're putting it into a pressurized environment yeah so you might look good like I definitely resonate with this personally. I might fucking look good shadow boxing or hitting the bag. But when it comes to actual sparring, I might look shy sometimes, like, because you, you tighten up and stuff. So I just, like, I'm at awe when I see, like, someone like Conor McGregor to bring him up again, yeah. or, like, another high level martial artist, and they just move so, flo- so seamlessly. Yeah. yeah, the fluidity. And, um, yeah, that stuff is, is inspirational for me and it pushes me to train myself. And I guess the, the benefits I get is just like, I feel, I feel good training. I'm like confident in my own body. I'm confident in my mind. It transitions into my own life in a good way. I feel like in a mentally good place. And I feel like that has uh, reverberates across different, different aspects. And a, a big part of it as well is finding so if you if you join a gym, finding a community that you vibe with, I think that's a big part as yeah, well. Like-minded people, yeah, hundred percent. Because not every gym you might vibe with. So if you try out a gym and it doesn't really seem your vibe, maybe it's you're just not a fit. But it might not mean that this martial art or this like sport isn't for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Anything else you want to say or talk about? Um. No, I think, I think that's it, Owen. Thanks for yeah, having me on. and take Yeah, thanks time. for so much for educating us on the <laughs> world of mixed martial arts. Nice one. Yeah, yeah. John, cheers. Yeah, that's John. Um, hopefully that gave you a bit of an insight into what it's like to be in the world of mixed martial arts and what a crazy place it is and an incredible, incredible sport and athletes they are. I realized from listening back, we probably didn't really clarify some of the jargon. So if some of that made no sense to you at all, apologies, but hopefully you got something from it. Uh, As I said, John has a podcast, so you can find that on Spotify at Bushido podcast. And then on Instagram, it's it's Bushido podcast official and you spell Bushido B-U-S-H-I-D-O and then podcast official. So that's where you'll find them on Instagram. Um, otherwise, like and subscribe, and we'll be back again with just one podcast next week and continue that way. So peace out.